0: welcome. It's David and Brent joining you this week. It's Thursday, the 17th of September. that We're recording this, getting this up there on the website. And Brent, this week, we wanted to digest, I guess, the latest USDA information. And wow, what a month it's been for commodity prices. And so we've had a pretty big turnaround in the commodity markets and the outlook for, for grains and the balance sheet. And so here's a look at the December 2020 corn futures price, early August. Prices were around 320. Of course, we were wondering if that question about prices falling below three dollars a bushel in the Forecast Network were going to come to fruition. And now we're on the other side of three dollars, and we're here at 3.76, well below still where we were back in say uh, January, around four dollars a bushel. But a really big improvement here.
1: This is, I guess, nothing short of spectacular. I think, and I think it's probably snuck up on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But 50 cents in August to mid-September is a really, really nice run for corn. As you said, I mean, we're talking about it offline a little bit. When that first downdraft hit us, that was uh, in in March, and we were actually just a little bit higher on the prices than we're at now, but we've recovered an awful lot a lot of, you know, the damage that we had done. So I, you know, I think that's a uh, really, really good news.
0: On the other hand, soybeans really, <laughs> you can pick where you want to draw the lines here, right? The November soybean contract up $1. sixty, dollar $1.70. We're actually above levels where we had spent yeah. this particular contract in, in 2020. Of course, we asked the question about 1050 soybeans back <laughs> a year ago, right? And it's interesting. The question is closed, right? But for our listeners, we're at 1012 is when I grabbed this screenshot. It's probably higher now by the time you're listening to it. And so 1050 soybeans, I'm not saying we're going to get there, right? But it's a very real number. And again, we were thinking about well, we hit $8 back in, in May. Will We fall below $8 soybeans. And so it's been a really big change here, for the, especially for the soybeans. Soybeans are the first time they've looked alive
1: in the last couple of years. It's just been a spectacular run. We'll talk a little bit about some of the fundamental factors that are driving that in a second, but it's really been impressive. We're going to talk through the
0: latest WASD balance sheet here, a couple of the high points that I see, and then Brent, you can jump in. Of course, the big one was the yield update came in at 178.5. Those who listened before, I, this means I won the Lawton Thinks round this yeah. time. We, of course, yeah. drew the line at 179. I had anything below... 79.5. Brent had 179.5 and above. I had anything below. The point here is while I wait for my monetary compensation from Brent to <laughs> arrive in the mail, um, the point here is it challenged our thinking. In fact, we were emailing and texting offline a lot about this number. This is a really fun way to challenge your thinking. And so we'll do this again, but it came in below the previous estimates. This corn crop is starting to return to trend. I think a trend yield, that's a really important development. The other one that I'm looking at is ending stocks. They're starting to turn lower. So ending stocks are about 250 million bushels lower than they were back in the August. So stocks to use, It's interesting. Right now, about 17%. We were around 18% in July and August, 22.5% back in May before the prevent plant situation of 2020. Of course, in the shadow of 2019, the 2020 situation looks much smaller, but we really dodged a bullet, especially on corn with this prevent plant situation. So 17% right now, it's improved throughout the 2020 forecast, but still above 16% last year, 15.5% the year before Uh, The market isn't super excited about this, but it is a a development. It's trending the right direction.
1: For one, I mean, look what that did to USDA's final price estimate, uh, improved it by 40 cents, which is a pretty good indication that getting into this a little bit tighter stocks use is a good thing. We're still a long ways from being tight by any means. I mean, this is, this is a market you would consider adequately supplied for sure. But a couple things kind of, I think, trending in, in the right direction and that the export number, is improving and, and we'll talk about that in a little bit more in a second. And then people wondering still whether this number has reached its low watermark or not. And I know if you've been following Jeff Young's estimates, his his model estimates of yields, you know, he was saying all along that the crop was getting smaller. And so that gave us a pretty good indication that things were probably headed in the right direction. And so you know I think this is good news for crop prices, especially corn.
0: The USDA average farm price that estimate moving from three dollars and ten cents a bushel in August to three fifty in September is a huge improvement. That is, every one of those bushels now is about forty cents more. That's a big change in the, especially when you compare it to the budgets. We went from a very dire budget situation to something that's more manageable, especially in the short run.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh, several, you know, billions and billions of dollars. So basically, fifteen billion bushel crop times forty cents. That's good news. Brent, you're better at the mental math
0: than I am. So I'm not even going to try to guess what that comes to. Exports, right? Exports have been a big part of the story. Exports are only about 15% of corn usage. So we got to put that in context. But we talked about this before, but want to circle back and talk about early corn sales for the current marketing year. About 700 million bushels, a little more, been sold before the marketing year began. And that is a record. Previous high water marks were around 600, 610 million bushels being sold. And for additional context, about 250 million bushels were sold early last year. And so we've seen a big change in the corn export market situation. That's a positive story. The other one here that I think a lot of attention has missed is how much of this is going to China. And so China has bought about half of all the early corn that's been sold. For context, they're at 350 million bushels. The last time they made a significant purchase was in the 1314 marketing year about 125 million bushels and basically they've been crickets you can barely see the the levels on the chart if you looked at the chart uh, so it's not zero but statistically it's pretty essentially zero so china is coming in and buying quite a bit of corn so that's gonna be interesting to see play out here and you know, the rest of the marketing year
1: it's, it's a really interesting graph just to look at and you know you're you were seeing that kind of growth from ten to thirteen and got people excited and then it just disappeared and now all of a sudden, again, these are early sales they can be cancelled, whatever but uh, I think this is some reason for optimism on the export side for sure
0: Brent alluded to this before how much we have this this shrinking crop situation? You know, one of those rules of thumb we hear in agriculture is a big crop gets bigger and a shrinking crop gets smaller, however that, that adage plays out. And so we really have to wonder how much change could still come. And we took a lot of the variability of the yield off the table coming into the September, but we're still thinking it's still possible for a 10 bushel up or down change in the yield forecast. That's happened two out of the last 20 years. Several years, we've had a five bushel change for this part of the year. So we haven't closed the book on the corn yield
1: situation. And so that's important to keep in mind. It's, it's not written in a pen yet, I guess is what David's saying. There's there's some chance that that September number could change. By the time we get to October, those changes are awful, awful small. If we don't see any change in October, we're getting awful close to the to the end of it. But there's still some chance, you know, we could see some movement in the corn yields. Ten bushels is the biggest we've seen, up or down. Most of the time, about half that, if if you see anything. So, but again, if that were to shrink again, it would be, you know, I think more positive news.
0: Shifting gears to soybeans, the USDA again dropped the yield here from 53.3 in August down to 51.9. Ending stocks on a bushel basis are at. 460 million bushels. For context, 2018-2019 marketing year, of course, that was going straight into the trade war. We closed that year out at 900 million bushels, almost a billion bushels. So it was 900... The ending stocks that year were 23% of usage. So uh, almost a billion bushel carryout on a little less than 4 billion bushels of usage. That was a really dire situation. Now we're at about a 10% stocks to usage ratio, 10.5%, 10.4%, excuse me. And so what's happened, we've got production a little bit lower here this year than it was. We didn't plant 90 million acres like we did three or four years ago. So we've adjusted there. We also got the usage kicked back up.
1: So that's been a positive development here. That smaller acreage number was pretty important part of the story, and so I think that's the positive. We're still looking at an awfully big soybean crop. Uh, we'll show you that in a second. But the exports number is finally starting to trend in the right direction. So you know some some reason for optimism. Four hundred sixty million bushel ending stocks in soybeans not particularly tight, but it's a heck of a lot better than nine hundred. How big is a fifty
0: one point nine bushel yield? That's the latest estimate. It's actually not that much different than the August forecast. So if we rank it from the 1980s and trend adjusted yields, the current estimate is an 88th percentile, meaning it's bigger than 88% of all crops that we've seen. It'd be about the uh, fifth largest, excuse me, fourth largest in 32 years of data, 33 years of data. In August, we were at the 91st percentile. The point here is it's still a big soybean crop. We've adjusted it lower, but it came down from a really high number. There is still a lot of variability left on the table for soybeans. If you look at the data, a two bushel move up or down is still pretty darn common over the last 20 years. Looking at this really quickly, I believe it's happened six out of the last 20 years. So about 25% of the time, again, I'm trying to do mental math. It's not my forte, but it's more than 25% of the time (laughs) um, we've seen a, a two bushel move up or down. So soybeans still have more uncertainty here in the yield
1: side there's a little bit more uncertainty left on the beans and a bushel or two bushels is going to really, uh, you know, you're, when you get down to 460 million bushels left over, you take two off at 80 million acres, that's 160 off of it. So we're, then we start to get into a place where prices would react. They've already reacted. So I think that's somewhat a function of, of this as, as well as just better uh, demand.
0: About a a billion bushels, more than a billion bushels have already been sold. That is a a record number. For context, about 300 million bushels were sold at, at the beginning of the marketing year last year. So it's a record, historically speaking. It's a significant improvement from last year. And China has also came in. They've been a big buyer. They're not the only big buyer. Everyone else in the world is also buying soybeans. So finally, it looks like we're escaping the trade war rut for soybeans in the China situation. Again, another positive. Yeah.
1: Again, that whole phase one, everybody was kind of dissing the phase one agreement. Well, maybe we don't hit it, but this is a lot better than this. We're seeing the impacts of that in the market right now, and we just need to keep that momentum going.
0: And I think the other thing, right, is we've hit on this a little bit, and people don't like it when we say this. What China buys is really irrelevant. The question is, how much of all of our ag products can we sell? And if China buys a lot, we have to think about how big of a slice of the total pie that is. And so the other thing that's going on here is the other buyers are still out there buying. And so China's buying and the rest of the world's buying. And so that has been a positive story for us as well. Everything's trending in a positive way. Here's another story that we need to look into more. Look at what's been going on with the dollar. And the dollar has significantly weakened in the last 45 days, 60 days. If you will remember, those have been listening along, we were really worried about the opposite at the beginning of the the pandemic. The dollar strengthened a lot, especially relative to our competitors. And now it's gone the other way. And we've actually seen the dollar at the lowest levels that we've seen. We're at that point where the dollar jumped when the trade war began, right? And now we're sort of passing back through those those, uh, initial upticks. And so it's going to be interesting to watch and monitor this in the next year. It's going to take a while for all this to sort out. But this has been a positive development, right? This is trending in a favorable direction, not only from the, the pandemic side, but also where we've been the last
1: two years. Absolutely.
0: To summarize what's been going on the last 45 days, a lot of questions come in about, you know, hey, is this the tip of the iceberg for what could be happening? Or have we kind of oversold our hand a little bit? The way I would summarize this is that conditions have started to trend favorably. And we put together two or three positive stories that on their own aren't necessarily going to change the tide. But together, they're starting to, to weave together a positive narrative. So we had a large prevent plant scenario here in 2020. We've cut yields and yields have been coming down the last last few weeks and exports are starting to live up to expectations and exchange rates are, are helpful in that way. And so that has been the, it's been probably been the three biggest positive news that we've seen coming out of the commodity markets in the last three years. And so I think that's a really big part of the story is that finally we have a couple positive
1: developments coming together. We're so used to talking about unfavorable fundamentals. I think that it's taken us a while to get around thinking that maybe the fundamentals are, are moving in, in a positive way. And, and that's good news. That's good news.
0: Looking ahead, the next WASI report is October the 9th. <laughs> I think the question on everyone's mind is just about the time we think we understand the ethanol situation, a new wrinkle comes in. And so we kind of put the lid down on maybe some of these small refinery exemptions this week big questions about gasoline consumption. Now that we're into the new marketing year, maybe now the refineries are going to line up to get some CCC funds based on what the, the r- rumors are coming out of USDA are some of the reporting this week. So ethanol story, uh, that's just one that about the time you think you've figured something out, it's like the whack-a-mole two more little weasels pop up and uh, it's sort of an, an interesting to watch this story play out. Brent, we were talking about ahead of time, direct payments. What, what's, what have you been thinking about and watching in this area? <laughs>
1: USDA even has been forecasting huge government payments and $30 billion plus, almost 40. And the Secretary of Agriculture had been out saying, well, right after Labor Day, we're going to get an announcement on, for lack of a better term, CFAP 2 or the next additional direct program payments. And it's now, what, the 17th, David? And I have not heard a word on that. Maybe it's coming soon. But it's going to be really interesting to see what actually comes out of that and how those payments work. You know, we were looking at those price charts earlier and soybeans now above where, the, where we were when the pandemic started. You know, those first payments were for declines in prices in stored grain. And everybody said, well, what about the stuff that we're growing this year that's going to have lousy prices? Well, now all of a sudden we're back to price levels that are consistent roughly with that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they craft those payments so that they can put the money out that we all know they probably want to put out uh, this year. But it's going to require some creativity, I think. And so it'll be really interesting to see if we ever get that announcement. Of course, the other piece of it is Congress. It was a foregone conclusion, I think, a month ago that we're going to have another stimulus program and a big one. Certainly over a trillion dollars and probably closer to two to three. We still don't have that. And it seems to really be hung up. I know I saw the president the other day he said he'd go for the bigger numbers. <laughs> that was his statement, which, you know, we're getting awfully close to the, the election. It's going to be hard, I think. There, there, it's a real tug of war right now, I think, to see what happens there as to whether that comes out. We get another big stimulus package or not. I think all that stuff is way up in the air. Earlier, I was saying, you know, real high probability of another fifteen, sixteen billion dollars being put in the farm sector. The odds, I think, seem to be going down a little bit on that, David. Maybe, maybe you have a different opinion, but the longer they wait, seems to me, the harder it's going to get, and so we need to see something soon. I think, if we're going to see it,
0: you know, it's like those long-term weather forecast. When you're on a 15-day forecast and they keep dropping the chance of rain and they keep pushing it back, it's a bad story. And it's kind of what USDA has been saying, right? They said in, in the spring, we'll have another program coming out in the summer. And then we got to June and July and they said, we're going to roll something out. And then by the time we got to August, they said, nope, it's up to Congress to do something. And then it's just been this sort of keep pushing it back, pushing it back. The other part of this is, what is the next announcement going to be? And so we've been hearing about CFAP2. Is that going to be a new tranche of money? Something that actually moves that $37.5 billion estimate of direct payments? Does that move it higher? Or is it going to be a program that allocates some of the money that has not been spent? That's already in that number. Or are we going to figure out a new scheme for allocating that? And that's a big question mark. That's a huge question mark at this point. And so we got to keep in mind, are we spending money that's already been counted or are we spending new money? And so it's going to be a big challenge. Yeah
1: still at this point I'm leaning towards more like we get some more uh, money out as opposed to I'd say the odds are in my opinion over 50% but you know I might have been at 90% a month ago so
0: we have the forecast network question about the probability of direct payments getting over 40 billion dollars I was a little surprised when everyone was shocked that we hit 37 and a half because we've been talking about this for six months right we drew the line at 40 billion And I've actually lowered my forecast. I think it's less likely that we cross that $40 billion threshold. Now, I still think we're probably going to do it. I I forget my forecast, but I lowered it from a 90% chance to something lower. Uh, And so I think that's the point here is there is more uncertainty about this today than there was a few months ago, a few weeks ago. The last thing on my mind is this price rally that's been underway is going to start to really impact our thinking for 2021. We were thinking, looking at the price ratios for the deferred contracts. Brent, I believe you said that right now at a a 2.5 soybean to corn ratio, which is a really strong ratio. It's going to imply a lot of soybeans. Start thinking about that. Start looking ahead and start thinking about that for your plans.
1: So. Yeah, right Right now it looks about two and a half to one on, on new crop prices. So that would imply, as David said, we're roughly 50-50 kind of split. Definitely time to at least think about what that might look like.
0: All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. We'll be back again next week. And as always, email us or reach out if you have any questions or topics you'd like to see us cover. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.